0: So I played guitar for two hours just by yourself yeah yeah perfect um I played don't you want me baby by human league and I ran by flock of seagulls which are like doing new wave guitar I'm interested in this I, I just picked a whole bunch of songs I want to learn how to play both of those songs are F and
1: G are we gonna start a, a new wave band I don't know so I've got the hair <laughs> you do. We we could style my yeah. hair. Super sweet eighties. I wasn't just thinking new
0: wave. I was like, I'm gonna. I'm just picking out songs I want to play, and like, I can just, I, I just have it. It's like I can do it better now than I never could. And like, all I have to do is "Dream" by the Everly Brothers is one of my favorite songs ever, and I can play that thing and sing it. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, Weezer, "Don't Let Go" photograph from the Green album. Like those first, first yeah, two yeah, songs, yeah. those are very easy. Uh, Suzanne that wasn't on an LP. Well, like why, a, did,
1: why don't you just make a Spotify playlist of Murdoch's Basement and it'll just be songs you play in your basement on your guitar. Okay, I we'll, play them in the We'll bedroom. put it on the site, com. Okay, yeah. I, I love that. that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all songs that I want to learn how to play and I look them up and I play them and it's done. And if we did an 80s cover band, I mean, we've already pointed out, I think via the Facebook page or another episode, that uh, there are, versions of brian adams in the mid-80s that i could definitely like do as a halloween costume like i have the clothes and the hair and the general physique so general physique you do look younger than he does now yeah well yeah but i'm not then yeah that's true he had a youthful wistfulness that i would like to capture
0: uh run to you is my favorite song yeah
1: we've we have established that on these this very podcast
0: i love that song so much on this
1: very rss feed uh yeah we are the story guys my name is brian i'm murdoch and, and I like run to you by, <laughs> <laughs> and we like to talk uh, stories with each other. It's a fake storytelling game show. It's really just an excuse to get around and uh, catch up. But we have a topic every week, and then somebody gets some points at the end that don't mean anything. The and, points are real, and really, we haven't uh, worn the storytelling tiara in a while. But we should probably do that too. That was an original part of this show was the artificial, fake, not real tiara that we would hand back and forth. Uh, one thing we like to do at the beginning of uh, some episodes is is talk about stories of the week that is a story that um, it could be, you know, I used to kind of say it was like good or inspiring. It might just be a story that you heard that you found interesting. One that you told me, we were talking off the mic earlier about um, my penchant for buying CDs all the time still and people give me a hard time about that you were telling me about a band Dude York and I looked them up and I was like oh I bought this CD the other day do you want it it's in my car Um, and so then I was talking about preserving things like preserving physical music like for my children which is probably like a high minded thing that no one including them really cares about but um, I have a friend who buys vinyl records is building a vinyl record collection for his kids which I think is really cool and kind of inspired me so I just try to keep things that I think like they need to be able to access at some point in their lives even though they they may, they may in, never will. And talking about this
0: somehow I try to put it away makes me sad because I got rid of all of it.
1: Yeah, I know and that's I've always thought that was a weird thing I learned about you very early on when we first met and I thought it was so counterintuitive to the rest of your personality yes. and it's always every time I think about it it makes me sad. Yeah. So but, uh, but, sometimes but, I just force physical music on you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. But for but for me it's like I don't have it it goes it goes back to sort of transcendentalism like
1: I don't have many things. I do have a lot to carry around. I mean, that that thing in the studio that holds all of my stuff is, is massive. It's a massive piece of furniture in my house. But yeah. anyway, while we were talking about this, you brought up your story of the week, which is the vinyl lo- vi- vinyl apocalypse? Is that what we're calling it? Yeah.
0: It from um, from today. It happened yesterday, like in the morning. There's a place in Banning, California, and it's called Apollo Masters Corporation. So no one would know anything about it. And the story is not a huge story at all. But it's one of only two places in the world that makes lacquer for vinyl records. And you have to have this lac. You have to have lacquer to make vinyl records. And it burned completely to the ground. So there were employees in it when the fire started, and they had to make a statement after afterwards, and they said, luckily, we wanted to say all of our employees are safe, but it burned completely to the ground. So how that now affects the manufacturing, distribution, and sales of vinyl records, really, if you think about it, for people who are really out there on the streets, like they're out in the clubs trying to sell records, like, How's that going to work? Who have decided, well, I'm going to sell
1: records because my fan base buys records. It's such an interesting story to me because there are versions of this that happen in every industry and for all kinds of items where you don't think about the components of the whole. So, like, the idea that there is a lacquer and the lack of a lacquer, yes, I just got to say that, um, could affect the entire industry and the production of vinyl records altogether is crazy. It's just not a thing
0: you think about. And when there was the Universal fire that happened earlier that was kind of universal. I was going to bring that up, yeah. Yeah, they tried to put that away. And if if you're listening and you don't know about that, Universal has this vault with all the masters, like the original recordings of all these recordings, and there was a huge, enormous fire. And they really kind of covered up what was lost. And then artists started figuring out that all of my original recordings, or for a lot of people, my family (laughs) members he was deceased, all their original master recordings. The original recordings are gone. They're burned up.
1: So this kind of came to light in June of last year. I remember this because I remember when you texted me about it, I was on a business trip in a hotel and I picked up my phone in the hotel room and was like, oh my gosh. Um, And if you want to deep dive into this, it's not something we're going to do here, but there is a great uh, podcast, the New York Times Popcast with their critic, John Caramonica and another journalist whose name is escaping me, forgive me, who studied this and reported on it extensively, talk a lot about the impact of this and the specifics of it. And so if it is something you want to deep dive into, it's, it's very interesting. You should. Your story of the week. So my story of the week is uh, is a personal one that that came. It actually is requested by my son because it stars my son. And he said, this needs to be your story of the week. And I just appreciate a guy who knows about my interests in my business ventures like this podcast. So um, I'm going to honor his request and tell this story, which is basically a story less about the punchline that you're necessarily going to understand and more about the idea of watching your own offspring develop a sense of humor that's really complex and funny. Um, because you know, like when you're a little kid, it's like, everything makes you laugh. And so, you know, it's like, Oh, look, there was was a fart noise. Oh, that's hilarious. But slowly as you get older, you develop like this, uh, your own brand of humor. So, because I'm a great parent, we were driving to his basketball <laughs> practice last night, listening to Outkast. And he was like, these songs are great. And I was like, I know. And so we're talking about Outkast. And he and his he has this great question he asked me, which is because he's a, a nerd like I am. Have you ever seen Outkast in concert? And I said, yes, at a music festival once. But it was a huge crowd. I didn't stay for long. So I'm like, telling him all these unnecessary details. And then I say, I also saw Eminem the night before. But that was like barely counts because he was so far away and he says to me oh my gosh there's a rapper named Eminem and I said yeah Yeah. you know who Eminem is he and then I do something that I am prone to do from time to time which I should not do which is like try to do an impression of something that I'm not equipped for and so I try to do an impression of Eminem go ahead Kermit well and i like i literally think i just went like yo 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 like that like it was really really bad white guy dad like i've never been more of a dad and then he looks at me he just looks at me with this bemused expression on his face and he goes all right hey scooby like he just he does the scooby-doo shaggy impression with no context he doesn't say to me like dad you sounded like shaggy when you did that he just did his own shaggy impression so i brought him here to do a shaggy impression are you are you ready Okay. Oh, I'm joggy. Yeah, that, that, was, that was essentially what what my impression of Eminem sounded like. So it was uh, it was a funny moment that we've laughed about quite a bit because he's really proud of himself. And it's just so interesting to see that leap of like him then connecting to pop culture that I sounded like something else and being able to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you didn't sound like Eminem. And I didn't sound like Eminem. No. I don't do a good Eminem impression. The real Slim Brian. <laughs> all right now it's time for the normal part of the show where we the regular part of the show I to say nothing's very normal uh yeah. where we <laughs> tell each other stories usually uh inspired by a story starter which is also usually inspired by song titles today we have taken uh love ballads we're getting uh, dangerously close to valentine's day so yes. so love ballads i don't i mean some of these are love ballads some of them are not some of them are just ballads that i love yeah yeah that, that works uh on the list we have a uh, high enough by the damn yankees yep i love the guitar solo in that song or just the guitar sound not really the solo the sound of the guitar in that song and how overly produced it is not uh, I, commenting i i've got uh, broken wing by uh mr mr
0: what's the other mr mr song Curly Alison
1: no is that how you say it that's how
0: i say it i don't know what it means or how to I sp- spell it
1: curie curie a there's a second part to it? Yeah. But yeah, the title is Kyrie.
0: Kyrie? Okay. Okay. liaison. That's what our co host just said. Really?
1: I don't know. Oh, I don't. I, Kyrie Liaison. Is that how it is? I, just I sang that in choir. It's Kyrie Liaison. Oh, what is it? French, what is
0: that? No clue.
1: They don't tell you that required. It's a, it's a liaison, <laughs> a liaison down the road. That... Oh, we need to look at the lyrics travel. to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, all the lyrics. Can you sing them? No. <laughs> Bummer. All right, we did good. That's our producer, Deb. Cool producer, Deb, thank you for that. Um, okay, so uh, what, what, what else did you throw in? Uh, we... he-
0: heaven by warrant, every rose has its thorn by poison.
1: Those two. Uh, okay. Those those are all great choices. Yeah. And uh, it looks like today we are doing got a picture of your house. And you're standing by the door. I hope it's warrant. Uh it is uh, broken wing. I <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mister. Which I think I'm just going to make broken thing. Okay. Uh, can we do that? There there we go. Okay, so I'll go first. Uh there I have had a cell phone for 18 years. I did the math the other day. And uh, I never have dropped it, hurt it, broken it, nothing. And I would sometimes <laughs> not have a case because I was like, "This is ridiculous. Why would I?" And you're showing me your broken cell phone. Yeah,
0: it, like I, uh, it happened like the week I got it. You know, that's hilarious. No one so, in my work so, has this phone, and I
1: is that an eleven? Uh, no, it's okay, like an eight or something. So, so I when, don't even know. Whenever but. I would see people talking about their phones and how they'd broken them. I'm like, how do people do this? Like, I've dropped my phone so many times and it's all been fine. And I have, I don't buy OtterBox $100 cases. I don't, you know, like, I I don't understand. So hold that for a moment. And let me also say that my daughter and I go to the bus stop every morning and uh, it's early and it's still dark outside this time of year. And we have, and I have been teaching her about like not forgetting things because that's been happening a lot. Um, And so we talk about processes. So like when you go, because we're very similar in how we think, like she and I. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, what I've had to do is create a process of where I put things in my pockets and where I put things in my bags. And stuff. so like I know stuff is with me and I know where to check and like you just have to create these habits. So I then broke my own rule by leaving the house one morning with my hands really full and not in the places where they normally go so my phone is in my hand it's not in my pocket where i would normally put it it's not in the car where i might leave it when i go warm up the car i instead i have to unload a bunch of things into the back of the car and so i put my phone on top of my car right (laughs) (laughs) just for a second because i'm putting stuff in the trunk i'm gonna come back and grab it i get in the car Start the car. We back out of the driveway. We're driving down the driveway, and at some point, I hear, dunk and I'm like, what was that? And we don't acknowledge it together, but we both kind of notice it. We drive to the bus stop. She gets out, gets on the bus. I start driving to the gym, and then I think, where's my phone? And I look in the console where it normally is. It's not there. I look in my pocket. It's not there. And suddenly, like a bad playback from a movie flashback, you I do- all of a sudden yeah. hear, da-dunk, in my head, and I'm like, oh, that sound I heard earlier is the sound of a cell phone falling yeah. off the roof of a car. And you
0: don't do WPK?
1: Well, oh, Wall- yes. No, I do. That's Wall the keys? That's one of my systems. Yeah. And what I'm saying is that I clearly broke the system. Yeah, you forgot. After I had not only taught her about systems, like, within a day or two before that, but also I gave her tremendous crap that morning because she kept dropping things around the house. And I was like, There's other people sleeping in this house and she's just like falling forward, like just like, like just everything. And she's being so loud. Um, And that's, you know, sometimes you get those parenting checks, right? So then I realize, I don't know where that phone is. Like it could be on the ground somewhere. And when I go back with my car, I might run over it if I'm not careful. So I'm gonna have to drive very carefully back the way I came to see if I see it. So I get back in my driveway and, you know, my driveway situation, it's long. And so I start walking down the driveway. I can't find, I don't have a flashlight to look for it. So I'm just like looking around to see if I can find it on the ground. Because your flashlight's your phone. (laughs) Then I get right. And this is, this shows the flaw in that logic. Man, the phone owns you. You don't own the phone. (laughs) I did very much feel like that in this moment. That's what happened to you. So then I get, then I get in the car and I'm like, okay, I'm going to very slowly drive down the driveway with my headlights on and see if I see it anywhere. And I get out to where my driveway meets the road and right in the middle of the road. And all of a sudden it comes back to me when I heard the thump. Right when I turned out of the driveway onto the road, it flew off and landed smack dab in the middle of the road, and it's sitting there face down. And I'm like, "Oh no!" And so I go and pick it up, and clearly, it did not break from the impact. It broke from a car, maybe my own at some point, either oh. coming back in or coming up the road. Oh man! It, it, it like because of the way the screen shattered, it clearly was broken by being run over by a car by the pure weight of a multiple a t- ton a two pound vehicle yeah a ton pounds of so then i had to go to the at&t store that day and let me just tell you about people i don't like and it's not the people that work in an at&t store and it's not at&t it's the other people in the at&t store i mean i just just despicable people including a guy who was sitting in the at&t store with two he was probably 55 and he had two female employees with him who were probably in their 20s and he kept talking about himself like they wanted to know and they are clearly just trying to finish this transaction and he just was being the most entitled white guy i've ever seen in my life and and at one point he was like because you know then i had i had your other at&t guy come over man and he uh, he had to hook up all my tvs and one of them goes how many tvs do you have and he's like 11 they were like, you have 11 TVs? And he's like, "Yep, yeah, two of them are in my bathroom. Anyway, I looked at my wife the other day in an unrelated instance and said, I really don't want to grow up and be an old white guy. How do, how do we fix this? Because old it, white guys are the worst. The worst people. <laughs> yeah. We've already established that. We didn't uh, need that example
0: of the white guy in the AT&T store. So
1: anyway, uh, what I'm saying is even even awesome – people who go almost two decades without breaking a very expensive electronic device sometimes put it on top of their car and drive off i really wish in that moment i'd wished it was a coffee cup or almost anything else
0: i can't believe that you're so careful with phones that
1: that's uh, i like good. how you broke yours on the first day i then had like Let's stress s- dreams for two days about breaking it again like I, that happened multiple times I, I woke up from dreams of like <gasps> i broke my phone
0: again and see how it owns you it owns
1: me man yeah uh so so what's your story
0: Oh, okay. So, um, yeah.
1: So when I when I moved here, it's before we met. Um, Back in the dark ages, as I like to say. <laughs> not dark ages as in a long time ago, but dark ages as in your life was so less full. And let me tell you, it was <laughs> not great.
0: However, there were some really interesting things about moving here to this city that I wasn't like prepared for. So there's a a King Louis statue that's down on Jefferson Street, and I got to go when they un like it was there. They had unboxed it. It came like there was two. There's like one in France, and they they brought one over here, and it's King Louis, and he's got his hand like yeah. pointing down. Yeah, yeah, and. And they had this big ceremony for the King Louis statue. And they had like, like a small concussion bomb with like, you know, like whatever, confetti and stuff. And they had a big cake. And all these homeless people came up to eat the cake. And I was like, oh, this is great. Let them eat cake. I can't believe I live here. So I couldn't believe that was work. So that was, I can't put that to date. But I can put this to a date, which is around St. Patrick's Day. And I never will forget this, even though there are probably reasons I should forget this. So when I moved here to Kentucky, I didn't drink alcohol. I'd been almost like six years just not drinking any alcohol. Just it was a life decision. I was like, I'm, you know, why do I? I don't really want to live in bars. I'm not going to do this. So I just didn't. And then, you know, I moved to Kentucky. And you can't not. And then that it's
1: happened. almost impossible.
0: So so I get to go to the, there's a big St. Patrick's Day parade here in, in, yeah. in Kentucky. Yeah, it's, it's rowdy.
1: Yeah, it's, it's. And let me tell you, people there, not teetotalers.
0: No. <laughs> and I've only been back once <laughs> since this story I'm about to tell you. So I got to go and be on the, like, I guess it would be sort of the quasi-grandstand with these two other radio guys who are doing the announcing. Like, they have the script, and they're saying what everything's coming down. And these are
1: two old radio guys I know, right? That,
0: that we both know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, but I'm also getting to judge who has the best float, so I'm, I'm a judge, too. And the entire time this is happening, we're being served pitchers of beer. <laughs>
1: And you haven't drank in six years. Uh, right, Until like, this day. It's not that day, but it's it's pretty fresh. And let me just say, can I can I talk about your alcohol tolerance level even to this day? Yeah. It's like a beer and a half. <laughs> it is, which is fine. No one's judging you for that, but I'm just saying, for context of this story, especially after six years, bro, don't hold alcohol real well. No, I don't. Seems like a leaky sieve.
0: Yeah, and I used to pound alcohol, and I don't now. Well, six years of drying out, explains some of that. Anyway, go ahead. That was like almost 20 years ago, it feels like now. But anyway, um, so this wasn't like the day, but it was fresh. I wasn't used to doing this type of...
1: You hadn't built those muscles back up.
0: No, I wasn't used to doing this type of drinking at all. Um so it's just pictures of beer. I mean it's not. It's not like sir was it green? Sir, That's the important you... question. No. Sir, would you like another? No. They just kept coming without us having to ask. And at some point it was kind of fun because it was like this is not real. I'm on the clock, kind of. And and I'm sort of working and I'm judging a competition and I'm drinking. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is,
1: yeah, there are those moments in radio where you're like, you know, I realize I barely get paid to do any of this, but yeah. right now I actually am kind of getting paid some money and I'm basically doing what everybody else is doing for yeah. free.
0: So I that's know. cool. Yeah. This is like that 3... 3- that's 20- what keeps you in there when you're twenties for sure. This is like that three twenty five an hour I got from sacking groceries, almost the same amount of money
1: except, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> except drinking, and drinking a beer and saying like, I yeah. like this float yeah. better from that float.
0: So it's the two radio guys myself and at least one other person and the pivotal person is that other person who i don't remember but i'm i'm very much as guilty as this other person so we we the parade is kind of over and we have to announce who's one who had the best float or whatever. So we retreat from the where, where we're sitting on this you know this rostrum whatever it is into this very very nice store that smells amazing and I would not ever be in there because I'm not trying to stereotype but this is not a store for my gender. This is definitely like a, a store for, for women. It was um like perfumes and different things and there were beautiful things like beautiful um lights and vases and everything but does the the store still exist i think so okay so we walk in with the alcohol so we all have we all still have our our glasses um at least I know I did in the person, the other person who was with me. And so we're, we're putting our sheets of paper down where we're going to vote. And the person who's next to me and we're very close to each other, if this is so blurry that I can't really take myself out of this and say, I didn't do this. I almost think the other person did, but I really can't take myself out of it okay. because I really don't know. There was a vase that might have been like three feet tall that was in front of us. And I have no idea. I have no clue. no idea. I just know that when it, it shattered on the floor, it was awful. There was no way I'm there was trying no to way, imagine that noise. There was no way to say, "I'm sorry. There was, there was, <laughs> you just like, leave. You just they, it's
1: tuck tail and exit.
0: No, they, they came over, and I don't know how we were saying, "I'm sorry or who said it," but the person was like, "It's no problem." And this nice smelling place now smells like domestic beer. Yeah, like it smells like you could like so there's beer spilled in addition to this gigantic gigantic vase that was I remember seeing it walking in and just thinking, "Ah, oh, it's so pretty, and we destroyed it. so so that that's really the story. The postscript is. I was never invited back for that event to do that.
1: <laughs> never again.
0: Never again. Hey, you can come back. Don't bring that
1: guy. Don't bring that guy with the glasses. Yeah.
0: Don't bring that guy that don't, has that really low tolerance. Don't, don't bring that guy who cost us. How much do you think it cost? I don't know. I didn't see. It, it looked like it wasn't a thing that was for sale. I love that you like noticed
1: it, it on the way in and yeah. noticed
0: it on the way out. Yeah. It, it didn't look like it was a a piece that was for sale that's what i remember wow and i and i remember feeling instantly awful and thinking i had never i
1: don't even know if i did it i can't really remember like that was i like that you're carrying the guilt around but you can't really certify whether or not it was you i don't know Uh, you get the points for sure (laughs) I mean, that, that story, is, it was <laughs> well told. I also, you know, extra points for, for Gary Clark, not Gary Clark Jr., but Gary Clark Sr. Sr., uh, our friend being involved in that story. Yeah, well, uh, I- Because I can only imagine his reaction, which is probably hilarious in its own right.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I've kind of blocked a lot well you know i didn't block it it just was blocked for me <laughs> you clearly didn't block it out. no it's been it was blocked for me <laughs> the
1: parts that remain of that story are firmly intact yeah. uh, if you want to get involved in the show we are the story guys at gmail.com also we are the guyscom is where we house everything that we are working on
0: we also have our other podcast which is rock and roll bedtime stories you can also
1: check out that there too as well brand new episode about Graham parson's uh, yes. up up there and uh, also i should say that uh, we are the story guys we, you know not just created for this podcast, kind of created for a way for us to help other people tell stories. And I've been working on a on a project that for almost half of a year, uh, helping build a, a 25th anniversary festival for a group called the Festival of Faiths uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. But it's a unique event that brings together people of all sorts of different uh, faith walks. They they describe it often as a bar joke, because it really is like a priest and a Buddhist and a, uh, a monk all, oh. you know, like walk in together Hilarious. to a bar. Um, but uh, they came to me partly because they they wanted to celebrate in their 25 years sacred stories as the theme. So um, getting to help build a lineup there, which is really cool, festivalofface.org. Uh, part of the... Um lineup has been released and it involves uh, not us as podcasters but lots of podcasters and some other really interesting people uh, on that line from places like npr and uh writers and theologians and all kinds of stuff so very cool stuff very interesting thing we've been working on we'll put some information uh, or at least link to it on the site there too so we are the dot com is your home base for that yeah and remember how we end every show keep telling stories